Welcome back to Inside Marketing Design. I'm your host, Charlie Marie, and this is a show where we get to just like nerd out about brand and marketing design and tech. Each episode features a different tech company and we dig into their marketing design processes and projects. And this week I'm speaking with not one, but two folks from Sketch. Now I'm sure you know Sketch. It was one of the first design tools truly built for the digital design process. And today you'll get to hear from Sketch CMO, Carly Marsh, who has been at the company for about two and a half years. And you'll also hear from digital designer Oz Povaliunas, who joined about a year ago. And before you ask, yes, in this episode, we absolutely do talk about the fact that their biggest competitive Figma has just been acquired by Adobe. In fact, you'll actually get to hear about how the Sketch team approaches the design of a competitor comparison page on their site. And we also talk about the design process for feature pages too. Before we get into that though, I want to say a big thanks to Webflow for sponsoring this season of the show. Webflow is a no-code website building tool that lets you bring your designs to life through an interface that we can all feel very familiar with as designers, as opposed to like typing code by hand. <laughs> when you use Webflow, it feels like you're using a design tool. You have all your layers on the left, all the styling options on the right. But the key difference between using Webflow or using like just a design tool is that when you are adding shapes or making styling changes in Webflow, it's writing the code for you in the background. It's very cool. And if you're on a small marketing design team in particular, Webflow could be an incredible resource for you to speed up the design and development process as well as give you more control as a designer. So check it out at insidemarketingdesign.com slash Webflow. But now let's get into the episode and take a look inside marketing design at Sketch. Welcome to the show, Carly and Oz. Super excited to have you here and be digging in on Sketch because, um, I don't know, Sketch is kind of, feels like it's at the start of a resurgence right now, which is pretty exciting. So I feel like this is great timing for this episode. Let's start by talking about what you're each responsible for. So Carly, we'll start with you as CMO. What are your responsibilities at Sketch? Thanks, Charlie. I just want to echo that. We're really excited to be here today and talk about Sketch. Uh, so yes, yeah, CMO here at Sketch. I've been here for just over uh, two and a half years. Um, it's quite a broad uh, remit in terms of what I do and my team looks after. But I suppose in a, in a nutshell, we would say anything concerning with the website, external comms, that could be to new audiences or existing audiences when we're thinking about our customers, social, community, and then alongside that, uh, what we do in terms of sort of maintaining the brand as well. So it's sort of everything, everything in between uh, and included in those categories. So it's a, it's quite a wide remit, but it's a really exciting one at the same time. Totally. And we'll get into in a second, all of the different people that are working on those things and like how the team is structured uh, as well. But Oz, what about you as digital designer? How would you describe what you're responsible for? Hello. Um, I am uh, a digital designer at Sketch. Um, uh, responsible for marketing websites, uh, yeah, any kind of design requests, any any designs from small tasks to to bigger, you know, campaign pages. Um, yes, small banners could be anything. <laughs> All of the things. And um, how many digital designers do we have on the marketing side of things at Sketch? So we do have three designers in our team, or four designers. Yeah, we've got one that's um, a bit of a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're a special entity in terms of designer and developer, which is very, which is very rare. I've had that um, described on previous like previous episodes because that's been a role in other teams. That's a full stack designer, so they're designing, but then they're also building as well. <laughs> so four four designers. That seems like um, not very many, considering you know the size of Sketch as a product and and what it's doing for the community. Um, 
how about on the product side? Like, what's the ratio, do you think, of marketing designers versus product designers? It's hard to say in terms of a ratio uh, uh, with specific numbers, but there's definitely a higher proportion of designers that are involved in product design and the way that there's sort of many elements to the design team when we think about it from a sketch perspective. So we've got the team then that Oz sits within within my marketing function um, that looks predominantly after the website and everything digital. Then we've got the product design team that obviously work close with the product, the interface and developing on sketch as we know, both in the Mac and the web app. And then we've got design operations who are responsible for uh, looking after our sort of our brands, our guidelines, our design systems, our libraries, making sure we've got that consistency. And then we've got content design as well, which uh, work closely with marketing. So they're uh, responsible for creating perhaps the the content and the assets that we need that we would take out and push out to market through the activities that we're engaged in. So. Slightly different to what Oz is doing. So everything he, he, him and the team will look after everything sort of digital associated with the website, but the content design team, everything sort of asset-wise, which could be an ebook to a showreel, a short animated film. Oh, really wide range of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's definitely a lot more than if we sort of combine those three functions outside of marketing uh, to create like a design team. Um, we're looking in the region of about 20, 20 designers that, that um, are included within that makeup. So marketing website is a little bit of the minority, but it's really nice in the way that the, the team is structured here at Sketch in, in the fact that everybody works together. They have collaborative sessions where they can inspire each other and bounce ideas off and in that sort of way I'm sure Oz can elaborate but um yeah marketing function is it's a small part of a bigger design machine that is usually how it ends up being isn't it <laughs> the content design is an extension in the way of, of our marketing team so you know if we need any um assets we kind of we try to do some ourselves or we try to kind of collaborate closely um give ideas as well in terms of what we need and um uh, and yeah, and yeah, kind of work work closely with farm content and product design sometimes as well. I like that you have that set up because I find that, um, I don't know, I'm biased in saying this because web design is my passion and it's what I love the most. And I find that the other stuff that I need to work on as a marketing designer tends to be like, um, I don't know, like the middle child in a way. They're, it's a little bit forgotten. It's a little bit brushed over. I don't focus on it as much as the web stuff. So having a separate team who owns that, like that's what they do, gives it the attention, honestly, that stuff deserves. Um, I like I like that setup a lot. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you referenced Carly like a wider design team, but am I right in thinking that, Oz, you actually sit within the marketing team or are you? do you report into like a design manager? Marketing team. Yeah, we've got our own setup, little setup within the marketing team, you know, a web lead. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of report to, to the marketing manager. So. Nice. Tell me more about the makeup of the the marketing team that you lead, Carly. Yeah, do you know, I realized I missed off like content. They're going to kill me when they hear this podcast and be like, well, what about me? What about us? So they're product marketing and, and, and it's testament to how big that remit is when it comes to marketing. But um, the way we're structured is that uh, to support that sort of breadth and depth of of what we need to do, um, we're set up by sort of function, which is, which is you know, the, I would say the traditional approach when it comes to marketing. Um, there's different ways you can you can create a team or structure your team, but I've decided to structure them by sort of discipline and expertise. So I've got a content team, product marketing team, website team, social team, 
PR and community team. And then and then we all collaborate on cross-functional projects and initiatives, as well as work on their own initiatives um, that perhaps don't involve so many of the other uh, uh, members of the, of the team. That works really well in the way that we can sort of plug and play specific disciplines, specific people into specific projects, and nothing is too much sort of, I suppose, cut and dry um, based on what we need to do from either campaigns that we're planning or reactionary work, like what we've just gone through a little spate of right now. It works for us, but I realise and recognise based on my experience as well, that that's not the only way to structure the marketing team. But for us here at Sketch, that works really, really well. And we find that actually it brings out the best of individuals and sub-teams by structuring, by yeah, discipline or skill, however you want to say it. And also, how do you find it being part of the marketing team? I'm assuming you're part of the website, like sub-team that Carly was mentioning just then. Um, how do you find that compared to being part of a design team? Do you find you still get a lot of connection with the other designers and like get that design feedback across the design org in a way? Yeah, we, yeah, we do. I think, yeah, um, although we are part of the website team, but we do, yeah, we we can collaborate with other designers. We've got dedicated Slack channels, you know, where we share ideas, where, where we share research, or we do have like a review um, channel where we can kind of talk about the work. So yeah, anything we want to kind of share, we can start a conversation with a wider audience, wider designer audience. We don't really feel that separated. Really, everything is. What the family <laughs> That's good. And I'm sure we'll get into talking about the specifics of like that review process and getting feedback as we talk about some of your projects later on. Um, but let's talk about the Sketch brand for a minute because you mentioned that, Carly, is something that you're kind of responsible for as CMO is evolving that, keeping it going forward, and I'm sure you too, Oz, in, in implementing it on the website. How would you describe the Sketch brand? Uh, I think I would describe the brand as sort of um, friendly, authoritative. I like to think about it when people ask me about those sort of questions currently and in my past is like, how would you describe Sketch as a person if you were going to go and meet them for a cup of coffee or uh, or meet them in a bar for a drink? And I think, yeah, like friendly, authoritative, uh, quite open and inclusive as well. We sort of don't distinguish or assume anything uh, in terms of what we do. But then I think we've also got elements of sort of polish, refinement and probably one of the biggest elements is sort of craftsmanship and attention to detail. We pride ourselves on that. And that's something, again, that when I think about brand, I think about, you know, how we externalize that from, you know, the things we do, the things we, you know, say and the, th the ways we behave. And when I think about those sort of uh, descriptors that I've just, just sort of shared, I feel like those are the things that come through and, and uh, in terms of you know, how we mobilize everything from our product through to our marketing efforts. And and it's really interesting because actually as individuals within the company, our employees have a lot of those same values as well. So it's it's great because you're not artificially creating, you know, a brand that is not built on anything. It's like we live and breathe and they sit nicely with our values. So it's easy to bring those to life. When it comes to sort of more application, you know, we've got things like our our brand voice um that's 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 written down and noted and we educate and train people on that internally, not just writers, but again, the wider company. So they really understand how we, we apply that. And then as part of the design operations, uh, we've got chief design 
officer, uh, Marcelo, who is responsible for setting that brand vision in terms of very much the look and feel. And I don't know, anybody who's listening along, who's watched Sketch Journey would have noticed sort of a key change in terms of visual direction last year. And we now as a marketing team are sort of evolving that and applying that to what we do. But um, he's he's sort of like the custodian and the guardian of of that sort of execution that we then follow and make sure that, you know, it's consistently implied in what we do because that's the makeup of a brand. We have to be consistent. We can't just switch things on and off. Yeah, yeah. Everything has to be like telling the same story, right, to build a brand. Um, What does this mean for you, Oz? Like when you're designing a new page for the website, for example, how do you ensure that you're keeping consistent with what's happening in the product, what's happening with the content designers and like all of the different applications of the brand? I think it's, um, well, we do have um, like a, you know, a brand look and feel. Um, We do have some rules that we kind of go with, um, you know, but I'm assuming you're not referencing that each time, right? You're not like looking up the rules before you go and design a project. <laughs> no, kind of. Yeah, this we kind of have like you know our I don't know our um, the general look and feel, I guess, and then we try to evolve it each time. Um, again, collaborate with um, product designers if there's anything new. So their end, we try to adapt, but also get direction from the content design team. So yeah, I think it's 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 a, a big collaborative project. I think it's fair to say as well, as it hasn't been sort of perhaps easy in some instances. When I when we do look back to that sort of that visual language changeover that happened in May time last year, um, that was very much developed with a product design mentality like what the product should evolve and look like and then we then have the job then of taking those guidelines and then applying them to what we do because we ultimately want to get into a place where there's no sort of difference between the product and the website it should be one it should be seamless but it doesn't work in that clear-cut way you know we need to stress test a few things and see how a specific you know language or aesthetic might might work so I think you know Oz as well as the rest of the wider team have been working continuously and that's still a work in progress at the moment to apply what is the correct visual language but again have some variance so that there's some you know variety but in a consistent way in terms of the website but also now we're in a space where that visual language has been around for a little while. So we want to push it on a little bit and see how far we can take it, which is a really nice, you know, exercise. I'm I'm not involved in that. I'm not a designer. I don't profess to be, but I see the good work that the team are doing. And there's there's new stuff coming through all the time when I think about the website and the iterative releases that we're making, which which is testament to the team and the quality of, you know, their design expertise that we're able to do that. We've got flexibility in that language to push it on, which is what we need. But also reacting, I guess, to um to the market itself, to you know, to any new trends that might come up. So yeah, it's a constantly evolving process. <laughs> oh, I like that you mentioned that because I mean, often we say when you're like working on a brand, you want it to be timeless. You don't want to follow trends. But you have a really interesting audience where it's your audience is fellow designers, and so you want to be current. You want to be seen to be like, no, we're on top of things. We're up to the minute. We're like the latest tool that you can be using. And so I'm assuming that you can use trends sometimes to your strength there um to like lean into them uh, yeah i mean it's kind of it's 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 balancing out the, the trends uh, or sometimes you know trying to come up with it new for example and um trying to balance what's what's out there and try and try to lead as well try to be the yeah, good point try to set the trends sometimes <laughs> i like it i like it yeah be the trendsetter yeah. not the trend follower yeah <laughs> i don't know if you've seen charlie but on some of the pages we've launched us recently we've um 
this isn't a plug by the way um but we, we've launched a you know an education offer now which is finally free and that's that's great for new people Woo-hoo. who want to try sketch Woo-hoo. yeah 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 um the, the web team took the opportunity there to introduce sort of like a handwritten typeface which we'd never done before with sketch like we haven't done the exploratory work and, and that was the first sort of live application of sort of pushing it a bit further and trying to be sort of a bit more pushing that friendly element of our brand value and bringing that to life and it was received so well uh that now we've applied it and rolled it out to other pages so i think that's again testament to like a bit of test and learn and try things that aren't too sort of in the moment and then they're gone again but but gives us a little bit more freedom and flexibility it's kind of adding the the, the little details the, the little kind of yes friendly bits like Ali was saying um trying to um be more marketing friendly as opposed to being very product driven well speaking of product you mentioned that you're wanting to break down like the differences between product and the website that it should feel seamless and feel like one and something that definitely stood out to me because I've used get sketch is that some of the details on the prototyping page for example you're bringing in product UI as little visual accents on the page which I think is a very cool use of yeah a product feature some product UI um to bring it as part of the marketing site, to tell a story, to, to create the visual language there. Um, tell us more about that, Oz, the, the design of this prototyping page. Um, how did you decide to take that approach with it, to bring in parts of the product to the page? Yeah, I think we can kind of start from the beginning, how we kind of created, started creating the pages in general. Like, what, yeah, when I started um, a year ago, we kind of had a design system which was very kind of uh, web app or, or Mac app driven. So it's very product driven. We kind of started using that as a basis, but we evolved it into more of a kind of, you know, more friendly uh, marketing led approach and started adding all these little details. So yeah, I think that that's, that was kind of thinking just, you know, start with, with the basis, what we have, even if it kind of maybe try even to look similar to our web app and then kind of just build on it, add, add these little details, these little nuggets and the handoff page then kind of evolved into, um, yeah, we try using the little details from our developer handoff tool, how that actually works in real life and uh, adapted those on our, on our page to kind of give the customer that kind of feel that, you know, instantly kind of get the feel how the app works basically. Yeah, which is definitely the what you want a marketing site to do, right? Someone yeah. needs to get a feel for yeah. the product. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and, and I think, you know, and, uh, part of that as well, Charlie, like even with a product that has a 30-day trial with no barriers, no credit card, no like tie-in or buy-in or anything sort of sinister that's going on, there's still that sort of barrier to try, that barrier to entry, like that fear that people might have that they might be like, you know, tied into something. So the more that we can take what happens in product and put that in our website so people can experience it before they even, you know, download the Mac app or, or use the web app or have to go through any of those complexities, like just still simple, the sign up process, but anything we can do to make that, you know, bridge that gap is, is only a good thing. And that's what we should be doing as marketing as well. We should be making that more accessible and, and more available. So that that kickstarted a really big sort of change and that's that's something that we want to evolve and, and do more and more of um experience the product in the website is our is our sort of number one ambition and driver behind how we want the site to evolve so the the marketing team owns the website right owns the marketing website and uh, when when we talked before we recorded you said something interesting that you've sort of 
changed how you view the marketing site um, recently, or maybe it's not so recent now, but that it used to be more like the place that users could come to log in and uh, like get help using the product and, and get inspiration, things like that. Whereas now there's much more of a focus on um, getting new people to try Sketch. So tell me more about that, that shift. Yeah, sure. I think it's it sort of sits in hand in hand with the 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 growth of the company from both sort of the marketing function, but also the product function. So when I joined, it was the website was the sort of place for new customers and existing customers, and 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 that's fine. But it ended up being a bit of a blurry place, um, and and trying to figure out uh, you know an information architecture that worked for all of those people, trying to make sure that we're putting the right pages in place for to to meet all of those audiences was tricky. Um, so behind the scenes, we started to develop the product so that we could have a better place in the app to show what's new, a discovery window so that we can promote sort of educational resources or updates that have happened. Um, and then at the same time, we um, introduced a redirect. So anybody who was, who's logged into the Mac app or web app would go straight into product rather than having to go into the website, which feels right, actually, because if you've got all the information you need, anyway and you just want to get on and do your work then you shouldn't have to come you know via the website to do that so that that was a quite a significant change for us for me me in particular where I saw an opportunity to say actually you know we need to make this more of a prospecting tool we need to make this you know much much more of a better sort of a hub and a resource for people to find experience sketch and educate themselves around sketch because actually they could do everything they couldn't do before actually in products so Let's keep the, the shop window um, uh, for, for new people who want to come in. And then that then acted as a, as a strategic change in terms of how then we have reorchestrated now the information architecture, the pages that are now on the site, the content that comes with it. And it sort of set our, set our direction in, in a neat way. We, we don't call out anywhere exclusively that the website is only for new customers. We've got docs on the site, which is a very well used tool for, from our existing customers, but um, but it's very much more focused on educating and, and supporting new users um, and getting them to try and buy Sketch. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about some of the pages then that exist now in service of that, some of these feature pages that you referenced before. Oz, there's the handoff page, the prototyping page. Um, did these pages exist on a previous version of the site or were they brand new with this new approach? Um, yeah, they are brand new pages. Um, um, we, we only had some mentions here and there, you know, about the, the features that we do, but yeah, we didn't have these dedicated, um, uh, pages and yeah, they, they were a long time coming with, yeah, we needed those badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell um, me more about uh, that. How did you know you needed them? How did you decide what pages you needed to build? And was it, did it come from a place of, um, I don't know, we've noticed this is, uh, a question people have or like a something that blocks them from signing up because they're unsure about this feature how did you decide what you needed to show on the site well i think because they are quite you know big features they're kind of major um the kind of they are the, the crux of the workflow you kind of you, you design you um um prototype and then you kind of hand off so kind of uh, that's these are kind of that's the flow, and kind of we wanted to communicate that flow. We needed to um to um to show that in in a visual way, and in what Sketch does um for them. So yeah. 
And how did what does the process look like for working on one of these pages? Um, I'm assuming that product marketers are involved in this somehow, Carly. Do they come in to, to contribute to the content, to like what story we should be telling on these pages? Yeah, totally. Totally. This is where product marketing does come into the to the forefront. Really, um, we're really lucky in the way they sketch that we have access to product managers um, and our co-founders are still very available and accessible and, and very much interested in how we communicate and externalize our offer. Um, so it's great to have that sort of expertise and I need to validate technically what we, you know, uh, what we're trying to communicate, is this right or wrong, but actually to layer in with opinion as well in terms of positioning. Um, so yeah, product marketing manager would then uh, work with the um, product managers um, we'd open up a dedicated Slack channel and then we'll start by defining sort of what is almost like a page narrative, like what are the core things we want to communicate on this on this page and make sure we've got agreement and alignment there. And then we sort of build out from that and create a skeleton outline of the page and then think about the content that we need to substantiate and validate each part. So um, product marketing plays a huge role, but we couldn't do it without the help of our fellows on the, on the product side who... Oh, are in it like from beginning to end in a very collaborative and very respectful way like it, it's just a really nice it sounds a bit sort of like textbook or <laughs> through rose tinted glasses but it's it's a really nice process there's no sort of friction or anything associated with it we just you know we all want this common goal and I think back to your earlier question and what I was answered was you know we were we felt very strongly from a marketing perspective that we were sort of not doing our best job of promoting the product because we were saying everything you need to design, collaborate, hand off and prototype, prototype then hand off even. Um, but we didn't have any of the content to back it up other than a few sentences. So we knew that we had to do a better job because we've got such a great product. And the only way we're going to do that was to create these core pages. So it's really been a few months this year of core highlights of when we've been able to ship these instrumental hero pages and it's so good to have them there. We sort of look at it now and we're like, why have we not had done these sooner? Like, it, it, it's a no-brainer. Um, but sometimes you have to do these things to realise, actually, it was missing. And um, and sorry, you also asked about, like, what was the catalyst? We knew that we needed to do it, but we were also getting a lot of feedback from our customers, from our social listening that we do, that people just were not understanding the offer or they were coming onto the site and then perhaps not exploring it enough um so we knew that we needed to have more content more narrative to actually uh um to help present the products in a better way so people could understand it and try a bit of a mixture in terms of how they all came about yeah because it's like before you were telling like you were saying we have these features but now you're showing them not only through the narrative of the page but also like we were talking about before Oz with all the touches you've added like I need people to go on the developer handoff page in particular we'll link it in the show notes and just like stretch your browser out and in and you can see the numbers changing like that is just a touch from me that I'm like as a designer like chef's kiss I love it like such a great little detail <laughs> um, but where do you come in in this process Oz where does design start are you giving feedback on the narrative of the page the structure do you get handed a content doc that you're then like you know wireframing moving through the process from there tell me about it yeah i haven't i guess involved in the beginning but yeah the, the main the structure of the page i guess comes um comes from marketing comes from uh copywriters for example and we kind of we, we take that content and lay out on the page do a few iterations do a few wireframes um i didn't start 
start adding the details. But, but yeah, it, uh, you know, as Carly said, it's a very um, light collaborative um, process. We can always um, give our suggestions if we say, oh, this doesn't feel right. This is, you know, too much coffee or, you know, we... Um, <laughs> that's a bit of piece of feedback I'm sure you end up giving a lot because that's what I end up giving a lot <laughs> it's always like can we make this <laughs> <Yeah>. shorter <laughs> yeah yeah shorter or sometimes I'll, um, oh, it's just like the, the copies um, it, it doesn't like we tried to I think in particular on the handoff page I think there was a bit of a discussion going like we as designers wanted it like quick features um, what does this particular you know, area uh, do I think this this is the the most fun part of of, of designing is, to, is adding its little no little like its little features. Um, um, I think that particular one on the handoff came about from from our tool really from from Sketch itself because um, that's how the developer handoff works uh, on the web app. So kind of tried to communicate that on the website on the page, but. We kind of also try to add these little um, Easter eggs or these little interactions throughout the um, throughout the site in general. You know, sometimes it could be just a small um, a hover change, like on the newsletter page. Um, when you hover, the newsletters um, change direction. Could be a small animation here and there, or sometimes the features are quite that those Easter eggs are hidden. For example, um, on the I think on most pages, but if you go on the pricing page, for example, and you click Control L. Uh, it triggers uh, an overlay, a grid overlay on the on the page. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, stuff like that. It's just quite it's, it's quite fun sometimes. Oh, we're getting or, all the secrets. I love that. Going back to talking about the design system as well. Um, what I see as I look at these pages is like you can tell there's a system behind it, right? In the way you're laying out the content. Um, and I'm assuming that that is part of like you know a component library in Sketch that you have to pull from. But then you're adding differences and making each page feel unique with the little touches that are inspired by the product. So I think it's a really cool approach. Tell me more about the the design system though, because I think this might be another, like Figma has really come out there with design systems and they're like, you know, owning this narrative. But Sketch was one of the first tools that I remember having the ability to have components and to be able to pull from them, design in one place, update um, across all, all your files. Tell me about how you have your design system for the marketing site set up in Sketch. Is it completely separate from the design system for the product? Kind of started with um, the product and and yeah the, the product design system, which we you know, took some elements, um, took some basic elements like um, textiles or um, CTA modules, stuff like that. And yeah, we kind of tried to evolve it to to adapt to marketing pages. So you know maybe our messaging is longer sometimes. Um, the CTAs could be longer, so we needed different types of CTAs. We um, added more modules, which are more vi visual, for example. So yeah, we are we are still evolving it, and it's only the beginning of it. <laughs> yeah, what, what would you say the state that it's in now? Because I know design systems are, are like living, breathing things, really. But um, where are you at with the Sketch marketing site design system, and, and what's next for it, I guess? I think we're probably... Um, it's hard to say 50% there maybe it's I, I think it's more about it's it's constantly growing it's constantly evolving we we're constantly adapting it um it will be an end to it yeah I think. <laughs> never ending project <laughs> yeah we try to just um add new stuff and uh, also um because we in the team and the web team it's, you know, it's only three designs at the moment so we kind of have to 
the luxury of, of managing the, the system ourselves and you know, we want to add new stuff we can and um, not really dependent right, on Right, so there's on, not a separate team working on it. You're all, you're doing it yourself. Yeah, we're all doing it, but we kind of, um, I think the next step, I guess, for our design system is to hand it over to our design systems manager who manages overall kind of sketch um, libraries and, um, you know, give, give that to to him and to kind of align it maybe to the product, but it's still quite nice to keep that separation it gives us uh, more, more freedom and it, right? kind of ownership. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about how, how does it apply to then um, the code base of the site? Is the design system reflected in that code base where you can say to a developer, we're using this component and they can pull it or whatever? Yeah, so we are closely working with developers. I guess that that's that's also another big kind of thing that why we're not giving giving away our design system is because we are still closely working together with with the developers. You know, defining the the font size, for example, that you know different all those font sizes. Yeah, all the details, um, colors, and all that. And yeah, because we are still in changing our visual language from the old look. As Carly was saying, so this new looking feel. So yeah, it's pretty much still work in progress. Still work in progress, yeah. And you're working on it alongside, or like developing it through creating pages like the handoff page, like the prototyping page. Um, and I'm assuming each new page you create, you're like, we need this to be in the system, or this needs to change in the system to better work for us. Going back to talking about those feature pages, I'm curious to know how long that takes as a project from start where you're like we need this page we're starting to create the content to it being shipped what time frame are we talking about here it depends on what what pages so we've just um uh this week uh relaunched our um design page and our collaboration page mostly because they were the two existing pages that we had before we created prototyping and handoff so they talk to prototyping and handoff and obviously our capabilities have increased um but now now they've got we've got our own pages for prototyping and handoff we needed to retrofit it's a work in progress all the time so they were like relatively relatively quick like copy tweaks within a few days back into design flow for a few days back into development actually the designer who was working on that as a developer as well so He's just run it as a project. So I think we've turned it around pretty much in within uh, two weeks, which which is good because we still need to do that validation uh, internally with our with our teams to make sure that uh, what we're saying is accurate and reflective. But um, the prototyping and, and handoff uh, pages, um, we, we're probably working in the time frame of about six weeks um, okay. to beginning to end. It's pretty good. From sort of ideation. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, ideation to then... Um, uh, delivery so uh, uh, you know that I think that's uh it, we worked hard and worked fast so I know six weeks you seem, you seem surprised but I think some people who perhaps are outside of design marketing would see that as how could you not do this in sort of a couple of weeks time and, right right and recognizing <laughs> you know we want to design these pages from scratch and actually these pages do need to speak to our design community so they need to be uh um approached in the right way but yeah it's about a six-week time frame I would say for anything particularly new that we need to craft a new narrative for and then craft a new design and then develop for as well so in that period is that the only project that a designer is focusing on or are they sort no. of doing yeah 
that's wishful thinking, isn't it? <laughs> I could I could sit here That'd and be lie. nice. I would be. <laughs> I think I think it's fair to say, Charlie, and I always like to be fairly honest that you know um, at Sketch, and I think it's not dissimilar to any other company. Like we've got lots of priorities that we need to run, you know, simultaneously, and in particular with with the Sketch offer, we wanted to sort of attack it quite quickly, and we saw a window of opportunity to sort of try and re-educate people in terms of what we do and what we offer so we couldn't really afford to focus on just one thing at a time I mean there are some you know QA that needs to have we do design QA within our own team that happens there's some smaller tweaks and fixes but uh, I'll let us talk about it I mean in some ways it's not ideal because you've got that distraction and you lose focus but in some times as well like it's good to have a break and when stuff is being socialized for review or feedback you can move on to something else yeah, gives us a little bit of a, t- a slot to. But what I would say is, we wouldn't ever do anything big in parallel. So when Oz was doing that prototyping page, he wouldn't be concurrently doing um, another big, like one of our competitive pages or anything like that. It would be more smaller, quick wins that we can turn around um, that require sort of perhaps a little less intense focus mode. But I'll, I'll let Oz speak because I realise I'm speaking for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, just to kind of say on 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 the design side it's um because we are at the same time developing the design systems and you know, developing this this language this this change from from you know the the previous look to the new look i think that's why you know it's taking maybe a bit longer to do it rather than you know if we had a, already like assets ready to go for example there's definitely more than one project (laughs) i always like to like i had a feeling that was going to be your answer and i like to stress it because i think often in the product design space designers are just focused on like one feature for months at a time that is all they're dedicated to and i just think marketing designers are the unsung heroes of the tech industry because we are able to multitask quite efficiently on like one big project and then a bunch of these other like small coals in the fire so to speak at the same time so thank you for validating that view that i had um one last question about the marketing site in general. I'm curious to know how often you do like A-B tests or user research or anything like that to inform um, design decisions or content decisions on the marketing site. We do our research on, on the bigger projects. Um, like we had one in the beginning of the year, which was uh, the, the change to the actual navigation, um, to the information structure of, of the site. So um, we, we needed to do, um, yeah, more research um and who runs those like who conducts that user research sometimes sometimes we do it ourselves so um i had to kind of learn this was uh, a good skill to have uh, that was really interesting uh, yeah we used um you know tree testing um exercises just to see what the what user clones were you know best suited for, for the site so um mainly for big projects that makes sense is too much to do to to like run user tests for every little thing <laughs> it, it would be nice like you know it would be really nice <laughs> if we i mean we do kind of stress test i guess uh with our design iterations we do um you know, do sharing channels ask the people's opinions um the design process itself kind of you know stress testing in the way um until we distill to, to the right solution yeah it's something as well, like we're, we're keen to get to Charlie. I think just time is not on our side. We're playing a bit of a catch up game. And then we do, when we do catch up, something changes 
um, and, and then we're back in catch up mode again. So I think it's something that we we commonly and I, I, I as a marketeer feel like strongly about A B testing and that the fact that we should explore and and see and test and optimize and refine. But I think there's a reality that we're working in at the moment where we've got to just play catch up, build these pages that don't already exist, and then once we've got those in pay, place, then we can iterate for them. And it's something that that A B testing, I would say, is more happening more frequently, perhaps with our, you know, email communication programs with subject line testing. We're just exploring it with some campaign landing pages, which are going to be more developed around a templated approach rather than a bespoke design, which would give us that agility as well. But it's something, yeah, we we do want to do more from a web perspective. Um we just haven't quite got there yet. And you've got to do the base projects first before you can run the tests on it. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Let's move on and talk about competitor pages because this is something we haven't spoken about before on the show. It's something that I've ended up designing at ConvertKit for how we compare to other um, email marketing platforms out there. I know you have um, a few, like a set of competitor pages for Sketch compared to other design tools. How did you decide that you wanted to have these pages on your site, that you wanted them to exist? We we saw that in particular Figma had had a sketch versus Figma page for quite a while. We didn't really want to do something similar. We hadn't been sort of too interested in that sort of, okay, if that's what they feel and that's what they want to communicate, then each to their own. Like you, you, you need that bit. You want to use that bit of content. We perhaps don't what don't want to do that right now but um what we were finding was that again from social listening for feedback from our larger customers with our, our customer success team and just sort of no, noise in general is that it, it, it was becoming a bit too overshadowing and we weren't really playing it you know didn't have any defense to it or any narrative so all of a sudden actually what another competitor might be saying about you is is true because you're not sort of talking about it or you don't have a counter so we felt that with the addition of real-time collaboration that came last year and our prototyping capabilities, the fact that we've got the web app, we've moved on into a new space that we just, we wanted to use it as a way to sort of help articulate that. And, and perhaps actually the audience has changed. A lot of people are used to now review sites or competitor comparison sites, those sorts of things. So actually, are we missing a trick here that we don't have something to support that? So that's why I decided after a while and there've been a lot of debate internally whether we should do it or not that we actually took the, took the decision to make those but we didn't go out of our way to publish or promote them we, we wanted to treat it as a discovery exercise so if you're on the site as part of your decision making process and you want to you know read that validation or familiarize yourself with it you can but we're, we're not pushing on anyone it's not part of our trial conversion comms or, or anything in, in that sense it's it's that discovery exercise but it was it was quite a tricky brief for me to give the design team just because I wanted us to focus more on the narrative around it I didn't want to necessarily be design led which which sounds sort of strange and counterproductive but I wanted us to, uh, to create a, a a destination for people to read about and to digest that information which was a really hard bridge because that meant sort of perhaps knocking back the design but not stripping away the design but introducing the design in the way that actually lets the narrative do the hard work and lead on it and then the design supports it. And as we went through that process of backing and forcing and I think a lot of iterations, we got to where we are today, but I don't think that was an easy brief I gave them, but I think I'm really pleased with the end result. We got there and it looks good. But Oz, oh, yeah. over to you. It does look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm keen to hear, Oz, um, how how you came to this approach and like any design thinking behind this because it feels like with these pages... 
it would have been a really long Google Doc of the content, right? And we were just talking before about how we we often like to try shorten content. But the solution you've come to, well, yeah, I'll let you speak to it, gets people scrolling, right? And it, it keeps people moving through content. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that that was the idea. Uh, it started with, I'd say, our standard approach on, on the page, but we kind of started with, oh, yeah, let's do something maybe similar to the feature page where we then um, talk about all these little features where we, we have the space to add all these details and um, play around with those. But Kylie was like, no, <laughs> needs to be that narrative, needs to needs to follow the story here. And um, yeah, we kind of started you know, stripping back and uh, laying out just kind of the, the main sections, started with just simply main sections and, and the storyline and how we could um, make people read it, whether it's a uh, a horizontal scroll or it's um uh, you know just a standard scroll down the page so yeah did a few iterations and distilled it into um something quite simple that makes people scrolling and again added the little details and we happened to have our little diamond which was um turning around so again that was one of like the, a nice kind of discoveries that we had because i i think it, i didn't know we had it and somebody somebody posted it so oh yeah this is really nice animation can we make it react to the page yes let's add it in nice yeah it's a really elegant solution to long content right that with the the interactions that you've got here in terms of the the content the question being sticky the color changing it does make you want to keep scrolling through and i think it makes sense to not fill the page with product screenshots because if you're at the point that you're comparing you've probably seen the basics of the product and like understand what it is and you really want to know the differences um so it is more about that story that makes makes a lot of sense i noticed there's a quite a templated approach to these pages too right where um you've been able to duplicate the design in a way or apply the same approach to different competitors, which I'm sure sped up the process of, of getting the set of pages created. Yeah, definitely. That was the idea. Probably, you know, get that template right and then uh, apply it across um, you know, different competitors. Yeah. Um, okay, so we can't talk about competitive pages without talking about, about the fact that <laughs> two of your main competitors are now like joined and going to be going to be one. Yeah. <laughs> one. Um, so I don't know if we need to update it to a Figma Adobe page or Adobe Figma page later on. I noticed that when this news broke, um, it'll be like a couple of weeks ago, maybe several months ago by the time this episode comes out, that your team was very fast to update this sketch first figma page and there's a little line added to the table that says independent with a little check mark next to sketch tell me more about how you decided to just take action on that and make that update quickly quite right it was uh something that was sort of unplanned um and and just sort of sprung out of nowhere but um we saw that a good opportunity to sort of re-educate remind people what sketch has to offer and if you haven't looked at us in a few years or um a bit out of date this is a good good opportunity like people in market now to 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 reappraise like and that's healthy like we 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 truly believe like there's a huge market um for for design tools um product design tools digital product design tools and and we're a part of that and and people like choice um so uh when when sigma gate um, uh, came about, uh, we quickly pulled our heads together. Um, and and I, when that, I don't mean just my heads of, or leads in my own team, but um, us as a complete team put our heads together in terms of actually how can we, how can we uh, react in a, you know, in a positive and a supportive way. Like we recognize that the community is probably uncertain about these changes. Um, for good, for bad, however you feel, but we need to make sure that, you know, if people are thinking about now choice moving forwards, then then we need to do a better job of educating 
what Sketch has to offer. So there was sort of some instant quick wins that we we landed on. And the one that you've sort of um, picked out, Charlie, was to quickly revisit those pages and just think about we knew that was going to be sort of a, a place, a destination that people would, would go to quickly. And, and our, our data and, and analytics have shown, shown us that as well as a result of that specific time period. Um, but yeah, we, we comprised a list of, of um, immediate stuff that we could do and then probably stuff that's sort of mid to longer term. But we felt it was really important to communicate that independent message. Um, sketches always been independent since when we started 12 years ago we've got no plans to change that and that's not for everyone and that's fine um but for us and perhaps the core community who are interested in wanting to uh uh use a independent tool then then actually let's make that really really clear so that was one of the the, the smaller the smaller um uh, changes we did to the site um we did some other sort of changes as well on our pricing page. We added in on the standard plan that we have an iPhone app that allows you to view and play your prototype. So all of those sort of educational resources uh, or tools uh, and, and destinations we wanted to update quickly. Yeah. Um, and then we, we started then to quickly move into sort of the mid and then the longer term plans. And the mid one, when I say mid, I mean, it was sort of done within a week. So is it mid? I don't know. But we thought as well, it's a good opportunity to create uh, a destination landing page again that we would treat as a discovery exercise. So if people are on our site and going through a decision-making process, we didn't want them to have to worry uh, about having to go to lots of different pages to get a clear understanding of what the sketch is now and today. So within a week, we wrote, we did this in a week, within a week, we wrote, uh, we designed, we developed and we launched that um, page that exists on the site now, which is why switch cheekily back to to Sketch if, if you like, but that all happened within yeah uh, five days. Our quickest what turnaround was, ever. <laughs> that is a very quick turnaround for a brand new page. Um, what was the design process like for this, Oz? What can like considerations did you have to make or changes to the process to be able to get that done in, in that time frame? Um, well, lots of copy in the beginning, <laughs> just lots of stuff flying left and right everywhere. Uh, they started, yeah, trying to, um, uh, distill that and, um, trying to cut down, I guess, as much as possible because uh, the page is still quite heavy when we try to, um, yeah, distill the messages and, um, yeah, just, um, uh, again, quite a few, well, not a lot of iterations actually, but. This, I think this one um, resulted to our design system, to our existing modules, stuff that we had done previously. And um, yeah, click the page together. And um, we had maybe um, a day to care about the small things. Um, <laughs> Still nice you got a day for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, kind of working together with, with developers. So at the same time, the page was developed. We were still um, uh, tweaking stuff. But it's, you know, it's... It's version one. It's, uh, yeah, version two coming soon. In, in the longer <laughs> term. Yep. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was great though, Charlie. The team pulled together so well. And like we, we hadn't really, um, uh, it was such a time sensitive moment. We couldn't afford to take any more time than what we did. So I, I think, you know, it's testament to the team and how they work together and sort of a lot of direction and input and being available in a supportive way as well from like the wider team all encouraging each other, like we can, we can do this. But it was really from, from, I suppose, the outside, when I say the outside, not being part of design and development, only giving sort of feedback and direction, but 
it was great to see them work in a really pragmatic way. So the design would be locked in for the first quarter of the page and then development team would be developing that. And then it, it we'd never really done that before in that way. Um, and we realized there was risk associated with that and it's not sort of orthodox or, you know, it's not the way we ideally should or need to be working, but because those time sensitivities, we did it and it actually, it actually works. So, um, good team effort there. And it definitely sounds like all the systems you had set up for doing work at like a regular pace really came into play here and let you like turn the speed up for this page when you needed to, um, you could like rely on those systems that you'd set up in the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, borrowing the same modules, mm -hmm. um, um, there you don't have to think about the styling yeah and the, the the decisions some, some you of the basic decisions <laughs> yeah they're, they're all there yeah. but also i guess having the luxury of um you know yeah uh you know we were able to dedicate to three developers um just to kind of like working on the page so yeah that was all hands that was on deck. Help. oh yeah <laughs> Tell me more about how you measure success on the marketing site. Because you mentioned, Carly, seeing like a spike in the analytics of visitors to the comparison page when this news broke. Um, so like not just for that page, but on an ongoing basis, what metrics are you holding the marketing site accountable to? Yeah, so I would say um, when we talk about sort of data and metrics, so we've got sort of, I suppose, hard data and quantitative stuff that we look at and also qualitative. We feel like it has to be really balanced when it comes to you know, how we appraise what success looks like or what improvement um, plan we should we should put in place. So we, we obviously have the standards like most teams do in terms of sort of Google Analytics, which is all anonymized. Like we, we have a very, very um, uh, honest uh, tracking uh, policy at Sketch. Um, but we do like to see, yeah, you know, spikes of when people are entering the site. We like to see sort of journeys in terms of their their path to to buy. And again, it's all anonymized. Um, but we do look at um, we do look at uh, dwell time, so time on page is a good indicator because our page, especially our feature pages, are very rich of information. Like it's not just we've got prototyping. Here's a paragraph off you go. There's sort of some features of prototyping that then need to be explained. So um, dwell time for us is really important. Obviously, bounce rate as well uh, it, it is is really important. We also look at sort of repeat people coming back to the site we don't necessarily expect people to convert and buy straight away um we expect them to do go through that decision making process think about it or try uh, 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 uh look to the community for you know support or or words or influence or advocacy or any of those sorts of things as well so we sort of do it uh in comparison um We've just recently launched Hotjar. It's a new initiative for us, again, all anonymized, but it's starting to give us, again, sort of um, heat map um, and patterns of activity that we wouldn't have seen before. So uh, we're yet to sort of fully realize and capitalize on that just because of everything that's going on. But we think that that's going to give us some, some nice insight as well. Um, but we generally combine that, as I say, with some of the qualitative um, uh, metrics and data that we get like we value our community and, and the feedback they get give us we've got a, a research program that we run where we engage external people and, and parties to try tests not only product but marketing uh, initiatives too we've got our social listening and then we've got our feedback from our customer service and customer success team so we generally put that all in one big pot of loveliness and then that helps us then to either validate what instinctively we need to do back to introducing those prototyping and handoff pages or validate and give us direction of actually what we need to what we need to change so at the moment 
for example, our sign-up page. When you go to the sign-up page of our website, it's very sort of transactional. You go from this sort of beautiful dynamic environment where you've got lots of content and it's beautifully designed. And then when you go to the sign-up page, which it, 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 it's a little bit um, uh, simplified and we know that people perhaps aren't getting the information or the reinforced messages they need on there. So the data is telling us, yeah, yeah, the data is telling us, actually, we need to remind people that you need a, a Mac to be able to edit and design or, you, you know, but also you've got a web app that you can view everything on. So some of those core, core things we need to introduce on certain pages. So, um, yeah, that's how we sort of determine what we do from a marketing perspective. It's not sort of literally black and white data in silo. It's combined with other insights that we get. And how close do you feel to the data, Oz? Do you feel like um, you make design decisions informed by data? Are you looking at the raw graphs or do you get like reports or, I don't know, insights from the team? Is that your main way of, of getting knowledge on how your designs are performing? I mean, generally not. We kind of just, you know, we, we get the information that's already been distilled in a way, but some, sometimes um, in marketing, we have to, as marketing designers, have to kind of try to design a lot of things. It doesn't have to be a feature page. It could be uh, some little addition on on the sign up. It could be a call to action change. So we kind of need to see that data sometimes, um, just to kind of see how people behave to you know to inform our design decisions. Generally, I think for marketing, we don't look at you know that kind of raw data. Um, we do get um, SEO reports uh, from self because that's that kind of uh, runs alongside the design and, and the copy. Um, so yeah, that's always really really handy to have. Nice. And I know, so, yeah. Carly, you, you've told me before about how um, data not just informs like how something is doing that exists, but also what you might work on in the first place and like the level of effort that you might put into a project. Um, tell me more about the kind of decisions you're making, you know, at the at the CMO level about what projects should be worked on based on data. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one uh, and not easy all the time, I would say. I mean, from a marketing perspective, you know, I think my job is here to fill the top of the funnel, get people brought in to, to the website and ultimately, you know, to try, to try, which is what we refer to as a, a marketing qualified lead, someone who's signed up. and Good old MQL. So that, that, the good old MQL, yeah. Uh, so, so get them in and and get them trying, and um, so uh, you know that's where the majority of my focus is maintained in, in that top part of the funnel. It's not to say that I don't think anything is important is it's not important after that point. It's just that our level of marketing input then sort of becomes less. I would say that's the way of saying that. Um, you know, we're still we're still involved in sort of email communications, in life programs with our customers, uh, retention comms, all those sorts of things. But I would say definitely the majority of the effort is in the in the top part of that funnel. It's tricky though because we've got like pages and content that we not only need to you know update and or govern on the site, but new pages that we need to introduce. And there's always this balance of like how much effort should we put into this page? And like we can't, we're not in the place where we can afford to necessarily design and bespoke design every single page because that would take far too long. And actually, by the time we've done it, stuff's changed, so we need to go back and do it again. So we'll be in this perpetual circle. So. I'm unfortunately that person who has to sort of, you know, look at the data, have those informed conversations internally with senior, you know, stakeholders and leadership team and 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 decide then actually what we need to do and then almost put like a, not necessarily a rating behind it, but a, an indication of, you know, where we need to deploy our efforts in the most. And 
as I said, where we are with the website, because we're playing that catch up game with transitioning it to acquisition, you know, we've, we've got to be sensible and savvy with our time. So there's, there's pages which are more around sort of perhaps, um, you know, our terms and conditions, for example, or policies that perhaps don't need that, that sort of, uh, uh, marketing. Uh, you don't need to uh, spend love. six weeks on that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's more of a facelift or something that makes it makes it uh, 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 look great. But I think I'm very mindful that of all of our key overarching hero pages that very much we're, you know, designers are our primary target audience so we've got to make sure that that experience is good and 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 you know they're judging us as a critique going on in terms of that presentation so it yeah it's not an easy thing and I I don't think the design team always like it in terms of uh, you know that prioritization and quite often we'll have conversation about it it's not necessarily me saying right this is what we're doing this is the only amount of effort we can put into it it is a collaboration but at the end of the day, I have to make some core cool choices about what's going to deliver us the most amount of impacts and help us on our journey so that we're sustainable for the future. It makes a lot of sense. I find myself as um, as creative director, I'm leading the brand studio team at ConvertKit, and I can find myself like stressing about this one page that I'm like, ah, this is not up to our quality bar. It's not as good as it could be. I look at the data and I'm like, you know what? This page gets like half a third of the traffic that this other page gets. So we should probably yeah. invest a third of the effort into it. <laughs> yeah. It's also, I think it's really like, because those those conversations are not easy to have. And I, you know, I, I value design. I wouldn't have design. I've got, you know, a really strong team of designers in, in my team that I, who are extremely experienced and capable and moving our website on in directions and realizing the vision. So that's brilliant. You know, we want to manage that relationship and I respect the work they're doing, but it is hard sometimes to have those conversations. And what I sort of try and pull up on as well is that the, the community inside of Sketch is very, very supportive, like designers and non-designers who are working on products or whatever part of the business they are and we always share and celebrate what we're doing internally and there's a lot of you know chatter around that lots of you know commentary and 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 a lot of positive reaction and support so whenever we do need to launch something that perhaps doesn't have so much effort in it or or we took that decision not to do so much on it and then it's validated either internally or equally externally like a page that we thought oh perhaps we should have done a bit more on it or it wasn't really where we are we've already seen that we've got 10 tweets about it with people saying this is class this page is really great and it's really important that the social team then socialize that internally within our wider marketing team so the designers developers see it and know that actually we've made the right decision or you know like actually what we're doing is good so I always make sure that you know other voices contribute to that so it's not just me um, being that single a single person given that overarching direction yeah feedback. yeah it's a conversation something in mm. what you said Carly made me want to um, ask you Oz how it feels to be designing for fellow designers like do you feel an extra sense of pressure with the the pages you're designing that you know that people who know all the details about design and the process are going to be looking at it and judging it quite frankly yeah, I think so. It's, it's big pressure in the way. Uh, I'd say, you know, it's, it's fun, it's nice design. It, that's, you know, that's what, that's what we do. But at the same time, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. But it's it also is really nice to kind of see that social reaction, that kind of validation once, you know, something you've done is actually being appreciated. Yeah, it's, that's, that, that's a nice feel. That's cool. But yeah. And I'm sure there must be like, it must be fun to also be the target audience of the product you're designing a marketing site for as well. That's what I find at ConvertKit because I'm a creator. 
or a product for creators and I get to be both a user and the marketing designer for our product. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's what, that's why sometimes I kind of have to put ourselves in, in the user shoes as well. And that, that's how the, uh, the develop handoff and the prototyping pages, you yeah. put yourself in user shoes, like, well, what, what, what do they expect? What do they want? What's the journey for them to, to fill all the shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's end by talking um, for each of you in your time at Sketch so far about either the project or, I don't know, the page you designed, the the impact that you've had that you're most proud of. Do you want to start, Oz? I think definitely the, the feature pages, um, the develop handoff in particular. That was a really cool project to work on. You know, so many people involved, you know, product managers as well, kind of getting all the insights. It was amazing. And yeah, that was, that was a big effort from the team. When I started, um, we had to um, redesign our newsletters. Um, so basically all our marketing communications. That was a big project as well because we had to please so many email clients, so many different browsers, uh, and, and we had to maintain the quality as well. A, a dark mode. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah, that was a big challenge. Um, I think quite successful as well. Nice. What about you, Carly? Do you know, it's a really hard question, Charlie. I, I, um, um, well, I I'll pick two I things. Pick... So you can pick two as well if you want. Yeah, yeah, I can pick two. I can pick two. I mean, I, I don't want to echo Oz, but I think like the realisation of these feature pages and anybody in my team has known I've been bleating on about these for a long time. So to see those being realised is great, but not just realised like in the, in, the, in the basic elements, like the fact that we managed to launch them and we we did something different with them and it's i i, I love that like we're, we're pushing things on i i'm i'm always i don't know i've in my career i've always liked to sort of work with with teams and with companies or you've been able to push marketing efforts on where it's it's not ordinary it's extra extraordinary and and i still believe in that like now where i am in my career and it's just the taking those just as an example as sort of game changers in terms of doing a better job of presenting our products but actually doing things really really well so that definitely those feature pages but i think i think the whole sort of evolution of of the site um and making that sort of all geared up to oz's point like changing the the, the newsletter or our email our email comms applying the visual language to signal a change i think so often we associate like a rebrand with a rebirth and a new direction. And I very much saw that sort of visual language that came out at the same time, a real time collaboration as that opportunity to sort of represent sketch. And it's, it's taken a little while for us to sort of fully realize on that with, with some of the education, but we started a nice momentum now that we can continue in by, by developing these core pages. So I think I'm just, I'm just very happy with the direction we're taking overall, which, which might sound like a, slightly politician's answer but it's the truth <laughs> you've answered everything yeah <laughs> is what you're proud of no but I do hear yeah. in what you're saying there too about these pages and the approach you took going back to what you were saying earlier Oz about design trends and like wanting to capitalize on them but also create them for yourselves too and the way you've used elements of the product as design details on the page I think is very fresh and new and it's just yeah it's great work we'll be looking forward to following along with what you're shipping next 
Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> everything you shared today, Carly and Oz. Really appreciate all of the behind the scenes insight. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I loved how open the sketch team were about talking about their competitors and their place in the market. And I would definitely not be surprised to see a sketch resurgence happening very soon, especially with the great work they're doing to like reintroduce themselves to the design community. I also loved seeing all the ways in which the sketch product informs the design of the sketch marketing site and that they put in the time for little touches like the numbers changing on the handoff page. Go explore the site for yourself at sketch.com and you'll find links to follow both Carly and Oz in the description. If you've been enjoying the season so far, I would absolutely love it if you'd head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps me to get the show in front of more people and it also helps me to get more great guests on too. So thank you in advance for going and doing that. Thanks also to Webflow for sponsoring this season. You will find a link to check them out too in the show notes. And you can head to insidemarketingdesign.com not only to see an example of a site built in Webflow, but you will also find all the other episodes of the season so far there on the site. There's plenty more to come this season, so I will see you next week for a new episode. Bye.